Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders. Our guest today is Alex Stockman Brackett, Marine Corps veteran and owner of 36 Chambers Muay Thai Kickboxing Studio. We're going to have a great episode. Do not go anywhere. Be right back. Hey guys, welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. I am your host, Rob Renz. Uh, I am joined by my two best buds in the whole entire world. All three of us have on some pretty sick t-shirts too. We'll get to that in a second. Matthew, how are you today? Hydrated. Well-dressed. You are well-dressed. In the presence of greatness. I'm glad to hear that you're hydrated. What do you try to do, like 96 ounces of water a day? Or no, you've yeah. got that gigantic no, hydro I drink like... Dive tank. I drink like two or three of these a day. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, and then not to mention, I will literally knock this out. It'll be full on my bed stand at night. And then when I wake up the next morning, it'll, it'll literally be gone. Will you, you'll drink that whole thing as soon as you wake up? No, I'll, I'll be nursing it while I'm like getting ready to go to bed. Uh-huh. And then when I wake up in the middle of the night to hit the head, I go back in bed, sit on the edge, and like gulp like half of it. How do really? you not get up 17 times in the middle of the night? That's a great question. Good question. I, 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 I do uh, bladder therapy. I don't know. Do you I really? Just, Is there such a bladder therapy? No. no. Yeah, it's called going on long drives with the Mylot family. <laughs> Growing up, I was, no, we're not stopping. You know what I respect so much about the two of you? Not only the amount of water that you consume, but everywhere your kids go, they always have their little water jugs with them, mm -hmm. and you don't have to beg them to drink it. I have to beg no. Olivia and Madeline to drink water. No, we, won't, we can't leave the house. Eloise will demand that she brings a water bottle. You guys are better parents than me. <laughs> just what I always is. have a bleed kit. Guns well, always, yeah. and water on it. We're, we're just my, more experienced. I've always got my bug out bag. And that's got, you know, first aid kit and all that other stuff that you just mentioned. Snacks. Like a spinach Florentine Snacks. MRE, just in case. Oh, <laughs> Kiefer Rutherford sent me a spinach Florentine MRE that he's had. They didn't have that like in my core. No. I, I don't remember that one. No. I don't either. Did they have, did they have the spinach Florentine? No, no. We were the old school Chili Mac and the. Chili, oh, Chili yeah. Mac. Chicken Cacciatore. Chicken Cacciatore, yeah. yeah. The Five Fingers of Death. Oh. Yeah. If you, got, if you got Skittles or M&M's in one of them, yeah. you trade those. Charms. Pound the, cake. You guys ever do the ham steak? Oh, yeah. The yeah. worst. Oh, yeah. And they had the pineapple yeah. with it too, right? Or yeah. No? Didn't, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Ew. It was awful. Ugh. I don't like it. It's like spam, bro. It, no. Choking the grinds, brah. No, it was not. Uh, uh -huh. I, I think this is, a, this is a fair point of consideration. What do you guys think about spam? I will be completely honest. I don't think I've ever had it. No? No. Never once in your life. I, I lived in Hawaii for four years. I ate it three times a week. With poi. Sam and poi, right? No. What? Yeah. What? Spam and poi? Yeah. I mean, like, no. as, you know, on the you same You know what dish. poi is? Of course I do. Yeah. It's like that little purpley yogurt stuff. It's it's ground yam. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't care for. Okay. But no, spam musubi, which is one of the greatest snacks ever invented. What is it? It's a, it's a pat of rice, like a small square of rice. With a piece of fried spam on top and teriyaki sauce glaze mm. wrapped in seaweed. Mm. That sounds good. Ooh, that's actually, that sounds, sounds good. good. Alex, fantastic. what's your position on spam? Well, I'm half Filipino, okay. and so we've eaten a lot of spam. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we love all things pork and oh, processed yeah. pork. I so, always thought yeah. it was amazing how when, yeah. like, World War II is when spam made its way to the Hawaiian Islands, and then it spread like throughout the rest of Southeast Asia. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. No, it's the South Pacific. South Pacific, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and now it's like... Massive there. I love Spam. I absolutely I, love I Spam. Dig it. I could eat the heck out of only, it. Only only like the unflavored original full sodium. I don't need like, like I don't need like maple. I don't need, flavored he I don't spam. need healthy spam. I don't no. need, yeah. I don't need hickory spam. You don't eat spam. it for for health. No. No. I mean <laughs> What do you suppose is in spam? I don't I don't care to know. I've driven through Minneapolis where the spam factory is, the Hormel factory, Ooh. and the smells, I tell you. Seriously, what does it smell like? Good or not good? It smells like a packing house. Yeah. I don't even know what that's, what is It's a meat processing plant. <laughs> but what does it smell like? Like, what does that smell My like? My first sergeant used to say, I can't, I don't think I can say it, but lips and. Li lips and buttholes. Yeah. yeah, lips and buttholes. Huh. That works. That's interesting. Yeah. But people say the same thing about freaking, <laughs> people say the same thing about bologna and hot dogs. And guess what? They're I freaking love it. It's like, oh, this hot is the leftovers. Great. It's yeah. like 
Sorry, I love it. We were just talking about bologna this morning. It's just like yeah. nothing compliments eggs better than like a slice of fried bologna well, and right. avocado. In the rest of the world, everyone eats the entire animal. Mm-hmm. So it's only us that yeah. we're, oh, we're, not eat the, we're legs yeah. and breasts. That's like yeah. all we yeah. eat. Yeah. yeah. yeah snooter, right. snooter to tutor. That's what <laughs> so our friends from South Africa would always say. Snooter and tutor. Snooter to tutor. That's how much of the animal they eat. Spam, <laughs> is, uh, spam is actually made from uh, pork shoulder. Pork really? No. That's, that's the, pork that's the first yes. named ingredient is pork shoulder? Well, yeah. pork shoulder byproduct. Like, they're <laughs> not, you're not going to take the So it's, it's basically meat. a Boston butt. Yeah, that's what exactly. it is. <laughs> it's so classy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, Evan, I was just about to ask you something, but then I totally forgot. It was about Spam. Have you ever had Spam sushi? That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, there's rolls that have yeah. it in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fan? Not a fan? I, I will always... Resort to the musubi, especially because mm. it's served warm. Mm-hmm. I don't like spam cold, even if it's like fried mm. and then it gets cold. Yeah, you got to have it like hot and crispy. Yeah, it's so good. My dad used to when mom was away. Dad would make like on the two occasions that dad was home mm-hmm. during my childhood. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Harlan. Uh, Harlan. He would make he would make spam sandwiches. We'd have like. Uh, that Roman, that it has a little Roman dude is the the brand of bread. It was like oh, oh armor, yeah. armor, armor. Or no, right? no, no, oh bread. Roman. Yeah, it, I, I know. I can you see it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's in a, the orange, like light orange package. Yeah. yeah. So we'd have that bread and tomatoes and lettuce and spam. Yeah. You need acid and, to and, cut and mayo. to cut the spam for sure. It's what would you recommend? Mustard or mustard? No, yeah. no, you need an acidic <laughs> food. Oh, acidic. Yeah. You, you said need, acid. No, you need mustard or <laughs> tomatoes. Good. Yeah. Nothing hits harder than a nice Only little drop spam of acid. Super high. And some spam. <laughs> yeah. I just eat it raw Sounds out of the so can. Bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is so it's so good. And I, I also have to mention, you're right about bologna, and it's clutch how you always have it in your fridge. Except this morning. I didn't. You didn't have right. it this morning? No. I go over to Matt's house. I go all my very good friends, anybody that I think I might even be good friends with, even if it's the first time I've been invited to their house, I'll go in their fridge, and I'll look for string cheese, and I'll look for bologna. And olives. And olives. Mm. Which I always have all three. Yeah. We never have bologna. Jenna never lets that stuff in yeah, the house. Yeah, your wife what about What about like boar's head beef bologna? Maybe. Like some high quality, like Maybe. upper crust bologna. Yeah. <laughs> There's some high upper quality crust. bologna right there. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll talk to her about it when See I get See if they home. have it on ButcherBox. Yeah. She'll order it. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, uh, Alex, we, this is our show, basically. We just talk about <laughs> bologna yeah, and spam. And <laughs> totally great. Whatever awesome. it is that we want to. Yep. So we so met a couple weeks ago. I haven't told you guys this. Alex and I met a couple weeks ago. We did a, we did a thing for Whole Vet, Dale Robbins, friend of the show. Um, and uh, I mean, we talked two times. We talked one time one before time. that. Yeah. And I was like, we got to have her on because I think we think a lot alike about military transition. I did the thing that I do about project managers mm-hmm. and I saw her getting all, not that I, not that there's anything wrong with project managers. My point is, is that not everybody has to go be a project manager just sure. because DOD is like, hey, you guys are going to make uh, great project managers. So mm-hmm. I said that and she got all hot and bothered about it. I was like, she's coming on the show. <laughs> she, she's I'm, coming on the I'm show. literally mentoring a veteran or someone transitioning out of the Marine Corps right now. And she's been pushed to be a project manager. And she's got no, you know, she's like, well, should I lead with the project management? I'm like, you have no official project manager experience in corporate America like it's it's going to be tough to relate yeah. to that mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, I don't know everyone seems to I be don't getting know, a yeah, PMP that and oper- what is the other one operations the, management operations yeah. management operations well, and it's manager. just like Mickey said a few weeks ago it's you know and, and just exactly what you said the experiences that we have in the military don't directly translate no. it's okay so you did air quotes project management in the Marine Corps the Army or Navy or Air Force but an employer is going to look at that and be like okay cool yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> No, they want to see, I mean, they want to see, like, the rigor. Did you actually do, like, financial modeling and, and the cost-benefit analysis? And <laughs> My mouth is getting dry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about spam and bologna. Spam. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell our listeners, just give us kind of your background, like, uh, military experience and then up to now. Uh, well, I think I'm the oldest uh, Marine in here, possibly. Mm. No, Matt's older. Uh, Gotta be. I was born in 80. 77. Oh, oh, she's younger than me. She, well, you're you're eating the right she, vitamins because you look fantastic. You. you were born in 1980. That's that's no, no, how bad. I meant his head she. I meant she are. looks oh. younger than me. That's what I meant. Uh, we we say in our family, beige don't age because I'm, I'm half. <laughs> that is the truth. Because every single Asian blood friend I have, they look the same age until they're like I don't even know. Until until menopause. <laughs> <laughs> even past. I have my cousins look. My cousin was dating a guy who was like 27. She was like 50, and she was she was getting carded. 
Really? Yeah. You're you're anti-ganging, Jacob. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. That's that's yeah. good blood right there. Good for her. Right there. Yeah. That's good blood right there. She looks amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Beige don't age. Beige don't age. That hit you. That's in what a, we. In a that's very... funny. I've heard of like I've heard of black don't crack. I've right. heard of I've heard of. Uh, you know, there's nothing well, there's fun for white people. Beige don't age. Because we're vanilla. That's because yeah. we age. That's because we age like bananas. <laughs> that's why we just we just get brown spots <laughs> and jaundice. Look at all those freckles. Yeah. Yeah. Your skin looks like salami. Yeah. But they call it liver spots, which makes it even worse. It right. does. Yeah. It does. It's Ooh. not cute. Like it's not it. cute. I don't like it. Oh my gosh. So, so oh yeah. yeah. Um, Where were we? Well, we were talking about age and old. Um, so I was. Uh, I was. Got out of college. I was working in New York City um, as a publicist, and um, 9-11 happened. Mm. So I watched that happen in front of me. And um, at the time, I was, I, was doing, I was fighting already. I was a Muay Thai fighter. I just come back from um, a world championship, and I was getting ready for my next fight. So 9-11 happened, and I just like, I mean, you know, it, I don't know if you guys remember. But, the, but it was just like, you know, how do we, how do you even get up right. the next morning. Right. So I went to go for my uh, my training run the next day and I'm like I can't I can't do this. I can't get in a ring with someone who is willing to fight me like I I should fight. Right. I, you know. Bad guys. I should fight bad guys. Yeah. yeah. I I want to get these people who yep. did this. So um I uh I caught after a failed stint with the army recruiter who kept trying to get me to sign before he, they were telling me anything about Those the MOS. High pressure sales tactics. It was like, really yeah. Dumb, He's like, man. just sign here and I'll tell you about it. And I'm like, dude, I'm not 18. I mean, yeah, I've been working yeah. for like a few years. I'm so just cut it out. I could probably kick your ass right now if necessary. <laughs> I try not to lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I called the Marine um Oso and he's like, your fighter. Uh, awesome. Be down here at like three, 1500, wear this clothes and we're going to go do this. And I'm like, I like the way that you think it's yeah. like super direct. You tell me exactly what I need to do. So I went, I had, I had to wait a year because of the, uh, female OCS classes. There was only one a year at that time. So I went in and, um, 2002, October, 2002, went to the basic school afterwards. Um, and then I got stationed out in the fleet in Camp Pendleton um, and then pretty much two, like checked into my unit and the battalion commander said, don't even unpack, you're leaving in like three weeks. So this was after the first surge and this was already in, you know, going in the kind of the OIF, I can't remember, two tech one or whatnot. But I went to Kuwait, um, I was a logistics officer, so I went to Kuwait, I did um, container lot offload and um, I, I loved it. I mean, I loved just being around the Marines, I loved you know, just doing different things. So what time, what, what, when was this exactly when you're in Kuwait? January, 2004 to May, 2004. Okay. I can only imagine how, in, cause I was there, right? I was there for the invasion. Okay. And I can only imagine the, oh, the multitude of, yeah. 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 Oh, it was a cluster. Yeah. Well, they were offloading. I guess we had caves in, in, in like Finland or Scandinavia. Somewhere. Yeah. Where they kept the yeah. reserve, Forces, yes. materials, in, materials. Caves? In, caves. In, in mountains. Mountains, yes. yeah. Wow. L- like they have LAVs. They have yeah. freaking they, Are they, they still there today? MTVRs. I don't know. We should go. Maybe. We should go. This sounds like a good field trip. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find this out. But they had, you know, they were like offloading just containers and container loads of ships. And, and, and then all the units were pushing up north t- into various camps in Iraq. And, um, you know, they're like just divvy up the gear. Uh, Kevlar. Uh, sappy plates we didn't have them standard issued yet and so all of a sudden because marines were getting blown up they're like oh we should probably get these guys some, some plates Not doing yeah. a lot of good and <laughs> great. Yeah. no and uh, it was just i mean it was like a every battalion commander was like fighting each other because they're like my guys need it my guys need it they're like lieutenant you make the decision i'm like oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so um anyway but that wasn't very it wasn't very exciting and then um one of my uh best friends there he's like hey, they need another, they have another slot to fill up north because I was supposed to just go back to Pendleton after that. And I was like, hell yeah, yeah, I'm going. You know, I, I want to go. Here. I already I'm, made I'm the plane right trip. Yeah. Iraq, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So Especially I de- in the I, summer. Yeah. Oh, it's well, a beautiful nice. time. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, and so we went up to um, Al-Assad. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I was a watch officer there. And um, before I even made it there, I had to go to Blue Diamond for three weeks and get some training on what it's like to run convoys out of Ramadi and 
Al-Assad, so. That was back when Blue Force Tracker was like, mm-hmm. yes, still Blue cutting Force edge. Tracker. PFT. That was the, oh gosh, I have great Blue Force Tracker stories. I do too. <laughs> so, uh, Blue Falcon, we started calling it yeah. Blue Falcon Tracker. <laughs> Captain Blue Falcon. Oh my God. <clears throat> This story's taking way too long. No, um, no you're good. Take no, your time is. out. Okay. This is good. Um, so I, I went up. I was a, I did a bunch of convoys. Uh, my battalion commander and the sergeant major went on my first convoy, which was really kind of like nerve-wracking and on top of the fact that we're already in Ramadi and why is... Why are these guys on my convoy? And uh, you're still new to the fleet, and you're like no, down I'm, range. I'm a, I'm a as boot. As green as they yeah, come, yeah. I'm a boot, you know, and... and, and um, Yes, that was me. Hello. <laughs> I'm here. I'm Hello, here. gentlemen. <laughs> well, and, you know, the good thing was when we were in Kuwait, the Marines really kind of schooled me about, like, this is what we hate about officers. <laughs> Let me give you – and I'm like, what makes a good officer? Because, you know, Lance Corporal, tell me what you – and Corporal, what, tell me what's a good officer. And listen they told to us. Me. Yeah. And they're like, listen to us. You guys know crap. I'm like, well, you're absolutely right. I don't know. I don't know how to operate that machine. Most Lance Corporally answer ever. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. You don't doing, know what you're ma'am. doing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's true. I'm like, well, teach me how to operate that. Like this, this big container handler thing. Because I'm like, what happens if you die? I, and I'm the only one left standing, which is a bad, bad day for everybody. But so I got in the machines and I'm like, tell me what to do. Move some containers around. I was like, this is awesome. Tell me what else to do. So it just kind of set a precedent of like, you really don't know anything about the equipment. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to understand how officers fit into this whole thing. Like I was older than the lieutenants, other lieutenants I went into the fleet with, but it just didn't try to understand like, Oh, you just want me to be responsible for money, for people's lives. And then right. just someone to blame at some point for losing any of those things. So I was like, okay, that's cool. But it was good to understand that because when I went up to Al-Assad, I was in, I was stuck in a watch office for, two or three months. Um, it's just, it's the most brutal, it's a brutal, brutal job. It's terrible. The only good thing was the battalion commander was so short on convoy commanders. He's like, every officer's getting out and uh, leading convoys. So um, led quite a few convoys there. And it also just gave me an appreciation for like, hey, I need air support. Can you, can you call in some air? And I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. You know, not, it's, that's not the, that's not the case. We're just like, you know what it's like to be out there, so it makes sense. Um, had to go back. They, I guess they were calling me back to Pendleton. They're like, we have a platoon for you, and you can stay or you can get the platoon. And I'm like, yes, you know, yeah. female uh, logistics officer. There's not a ton of leadership opportunities. So came back, had a platoon. A lot of guys from OIF, the first pump, uh, guys who were, you know, just had popped on a bunch of piss tests. It's a bunch of... Uh, court-ordered Marines. You mean Matt? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No I would never no, 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 no. I, I don't like even that. know where that came from. No, I never, ever, ever touched anything illegal when I was, I was in the Marine Corps. Saying, I was just saying from the because you were there for the invasion, so you were the first one back. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I did find marijuana in in Iraq, though. And you turned it in. I think I just took a picture of it and kept walking. <laughs> I'm like that's marijuana, yeah, like a plant or like a yeah. Oh, oh. it was growing in a, it was growing in a yard. Oh. Really? Yeah, it was. They had a bunch of them. It, it was kind of bizarre, but where was this? Uh, Al Coot, I think. Oh. I think it was in Al Coot. It was a very quick thing. I'm surprised I actually remember that still. But hey, weed plant. Yeah. <laughs> Sending into high times. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Selfie. I interrupted. Oh, it's fine. The story's, again, taking too long. Um, so got the um, Marines ready for deployment, and knowing that I was going to meet, I guess, half the platoon out in country. I was getting reservists. I was getting guys that were rolling over from the previous deployment. So Hodgepodge. It was just, a, it was, I mean, it was just a mess. And the guys were already burned out from being over there for much longer than they anticipated after the first pump. So, um just getting to know them and, you know, like, what do I know about motor T and truck drivers and mm-hmm. not a whole heck of a lot, but it was good. Um, and so then going, getting into country, it just made, it, it helped that I had done the first trip. I'd done, known like the basics of the new convoy operations because the convoy operations they were teaching us in school were from Vietnam, where you're mm-hmm. herringbone, you know, the vehicles, mm-hmm. which doesn't work with IEDs very well. So, um, and so we were there for eight eight months, 
We went through um, the second uh, uh, Al-Fajr, the uh, Red Dawn in Fallujah, and we were in direct support for First Marine Division. And, um, and that was just, I mean, you know, I don't have to tell you guys, but like you just don't understand what the human body is capable of doing mm-hmm. on a deploy, you know, when you're going literally 24 seven. Um, and we did every, I mean, we did everything from, I mean, we transported EPWs, we transported machines, we transported personnel, we transported everything. Um, and then uh, got back in 2005 and as soon as I got back, my 96 was over, and they're like, your platoon's been disbanded. Everyone's been gone to oh, their other next unit so and want me getting to do? ready for the next pump. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we I didn't. Just got them. We just got him. We just came back. Like, you know, that was it. And then sent me into another company. Wasn't an officer there. Um, and so I acted as company uh, commander for like three weeks until this guy checked in. Oh, that's a terrible story, but we'll get into that later. Um, so I'm going to wrap up this story because it's taking way too long. Um, this is a great story. This is, <laughs> it feels like it's taking a long We're time. We're enthralled. Not at all. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> you um, take as much time as necessary okay. to tell it because I'm enjoying it. Um, so the, this, this captain checks in and I'm no, I'm a first lieutenant at this point, but I'm still a lieutenant, right? And this captain checks in and he was just a total, like, when you you know when you stare in someone's eyes, and there's like nothing there. Mm-hmm. This was this guy. That's what they feel about me. That's how they. <laughs> Stay with me, Rob. Stay <laughs> with <laughs> me. Blink if you can hear me, Rob. Where are we going? Just shoot him some Adderall <laughs> or something. Man. <laughs> um, but I was getting that, and he would just kind of like stare off into space sometimes, and I'm like, what is going on? So he had just gotten off the drill field for the past two pumps, and they're like, well, you're a perfect person to groom this fine captain because you just did two combat deployments to Iraq and you know everything about convoys. And I'm like, oh, great. So the staff NCOs and myself were like just trying to keep this guy reined in, but didn't really hit us until we went to CACs. Do they still do CACs? 29 Palms. 29 Palms. It was uh, Eagle, Eagle Operation. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember the name of the... The thing, but it was basically the prep. The DoD was like, "Wow, we're sending these units into the country, and they have no idea what they're doing." Mm-hmm. We should probably do, especially like the, the the pogues like us, right? We were the grunts always do some training, but we're just basically back home. We just go into the field and give you resupply. We come back, we sleep in our beds. So they're like, "Let's do some actual convoy operations. Let's do some you know maneuver stuff." And we went to Twenty Nine Palms, and this started for several years. And so once we were out there. I mean, he just, he, he, I, I've never seen something like this where someone couldn't make a decision. And when they made a decision, it was the absolute, like, worst one, um, which, you know, I mean, sometimes you make bad decisions and sometimes the decision's wrong. But the, pro- the point is that you correct it, like, afterwards. Well, and that you did make a decision. And that you did make a decision, right. right. But, like, again, what I said before, us, us as officers, we don't know anything about the equipment. So, mm-hmm. like, defer to your staff NCOs and defer to the operators about how things are supposed to work and don't just make up your own thing. So um, I I was getting, like, sick. And I don't know if you guys uh, know what I'm talking about, but, like, every time something bad would happen over there, I'd get this feeling. Oh, I'd get this, pit. like... It's it's the darkest, creepiest. Yeah, the it's terrible, right? <clears throat> I can't, I can't, I can't. No one understands that feeling, but it's it's like, a feeling that you, like you're accepting you're, the fact that this I'm, is it. I could very likely die. It's, it's, yes. it's yeah. the it's the feeling of impending doom. Yes, or, or like stuff is about to go down, mm-hmm. and it's going to be bad. Yeah. it's going to be really bad. Um, and I was just like tormented with this because on one hand, this guy is like total idiot. And on the other hand, these Marines, like I love Marines. I loved, I love being with the Marines and just being there. And I'm like, well, if I stay with them, I could maybe just kind of protect them a little bit from this guy. Right. And it just started coming down to it. Like I couldn't, it, that feeling was so strong. It was relentless for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I came to a point where they're like, you need to extend your AAS if you're going to go on this next deployment, which was three months after I just got back, by the way. And I was like, I I couldn't do it. I just, I just, I freaked out and panicked. I'm like, I can't go with this guy. I actually went to request mast to the battalion commander. And I'm like, when I got back to Pendleton, I'm like, sir, this guy's going to get Marines killed. Like that is the. Good for you. 
absolutely is going to happen. He's like, well, you know, that's why we put you with him. And at, 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 that, be- at that point in your career, was it a very difficult thing to do being a female officer? Like at that point, were you like, no, I'm a Marine now. Were you operating oh, yeah. that mentality? No, by I then? mean, I, not to say I was a salty lieutenant, but at, oh, <laughs> at that I mean, God, how many times two, two trips? Two trips is salty. Two trips, and the, yeah, the the trips were. Um, I mean, I, I have no frame of reference because so, I know guys deploy like seven or eight times, so I don't understand how people do that. But that second trip was just. I mean, first of all, I didn't understand why I was alive. We were the luckiest convoy the luckiest platoon in like all of Iraq OIF history. I do not understand. Like the bad news bears. There's some people like who are like, too. well, there's some people, you know, when like my, the other platoon commander, would he, every time he would go out, he'd get hit every single wow. time. And we'd like pull up into a field and, and we'd get a, a radio message saying, Hey, by the way, it's a, there's an active firefight. You guys might want to just like drive around Fallujah for a little bit until things can come Take a few down. less. Let's we'll set know. up at the cloverleaf. Well, <laughs> yeah. We'll just stand here in the cloverleaf for the next uh, three hours. Um, anyway, yeah, so it, I just, I I didn't, I was messed up from that because I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but every time we went out, I was just prepared. Like, today's the day. Okay, mm-hmm. it didn't happen yet. Well, it's, today's going to be the day. And we never, uh, we never got a significant, like, IED. And I didn't lose anyone on a convoy, and I didn't understand why because everyone else around me did, and I and it freaked me out because I'm like my numbers up, it's going to be up and it's going to be catastrophic mm-hmm. and disastrous, which is irrational. But anyway, so when I got back, I I wanted to go because that's where I felt like you asked me if I felt like a marine. Then I I was I was like this is where I need to be. Like I I became almost like cocky of like. If I take this convoy out, everyone's going to be okay, which is also a terrible thing to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take stupid risks, but just like knowing that I would was had some power protecting me, it didn't make sense, but I just knew that I would, it would be okay. So with this captain here, I just couldn't shake this feeling like it's going to be bad. And so I dropped my papers. They're like, screw you. <laughs> You're not doing anything else. They took me off the as XO. And they stuck me in 29 Palms for six months doing, um, oh, Mojave Viper. Operate Mojave yeah, Viper. Viper. Wait, so they told you to pound sand? Yes. Literally in 29 Palms. <laughs> Literally. Literally, I pounded the sand in 29 Palms. So yeah. you went from Iraq to 2-9? Pretty much. I went to Pendleton for like three, three, uh, two months, and then we went out to Mojave Viper. Right. And then they were just standing up the Mojave Viper debt. And when I drop my papers, they're like, well, we have no need for you back in Pendleton, so just stay out in 29 Palms. Hold hold this thought, because I want to hear what happens after 29 Palms. we got to take a okay. real quick break. And perfect segue, because you know how uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, is the fastest growing place in the United States of America? Because mm-hmm. Signal Fire calls Wilmington home. Well, because nobody wants to move to 29 Palms. <laughs> True. 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 My name is Ginny Morse, and I live in Cary, North Carolina. I was diagnosed uh, in 1985 with multiple sclerosis. One of the things that happens to you is the neuropathy pain. And that is actually what happens is damage from MS. I had tried four or five drugs to alleviate these issues. And I had to take doses that were so high I couldn't get out of bed. So that's when I tried the medical cannabis and discovered that it, it just, it stopped it. I will turn 69 in October of this year. And I have lived with MS for 36 years. I've had cancer, blood cancer, which is not curable and is progressive since 2017. So when public officials tell me that I need to wait, I need to be more patient, I need to be more understanding, I'm running out of time. Let's think about the people that aren't going to survive, that are going to continue to suffer in ways that could be alleviated by the passage of Senate Bill 711. Visit ncfamiliesformedicalcannabis.com.
Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. We have a fantastic conversation going on with our new friend, Alex Stockman Brackett. Uh, before we get back into the map, what are you doing? I don't know. I just felt like doing that. <laughs> It's like I'm. You're bobbing and weaving. Yeah, you gotta watch our. If you if you only get my get my muay thai on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. And he hits his head. If you only ever watch this or listen to this show via podcast, you're missing out on all of our antics. We do have a YouTube channel. Go to YouTube. Look up Signal Fire Media because you'll see all sorts of things that Matt does. Because we can get away with things on YouTube that we cannot get away with on air. Exactly. Like birds. Lots exactly. of birds. Lots of birds. <laughs> birds. Yeah. Just a flock yeah. of seagulls. I, I flipped one before. All the, yeah. self, well, all, <laughs> the, all the self-editing we do because this does go out on radio, it doesn't happen on video. We don't care. We do whatever the heck it is sure. that you want. I'm currently drinking a White Claw. So sometimes we you didn't mouth, know that. Sometimes we mouth cuss words. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I did that too. Yeah. I'm sorry, did you say did you say elephant juice? I said uh, <laughs> watermelon shoe. <laughs> oh, it's too great. Hey, what do you think of my t-shirt, Evan? Uh, I love it. I love it. I love the name. Yeah. I love the color. Um, I love that it's a martial arts gym. Yeah. It's it's a 36 chamber shirt, which is amazing. I know. Best name for a, a dojo of all. I know. Thank you. I know. Uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about this yet. Um, but I'm wrapping it up. No, no, no. Finish the story because I want to talk <laughs> okay. about 36 Chambers. I okay. want to talk about Wu Tang Clan, and I know Evan does too. Please, um, forever. We'll take forever. <laughs> uh, all right. So I dropped my papers. Um, they stuck, stuck me out in Mojave Viper for like seven months. Ugh. Oh, uh, seven oh, months! Oh, I was just nobody it was the deserves biggest, that. It was the biggest fu. Oh my gosh, yeah. seven months! There's nothing out there where they There's run nothing. that too. It's just no. Quonset huts and it's it's, ter- it's terrible. At least I had I had my apartment back in Carlsbad that I would desperately drive yeah. every weekend oh back to gosh, just no to kidding. like not be around civilization. The only great thing about that. 29 Palms is that you're not too far from Vegas. True. Only went there once though. Yeah, she was a good she was a good Marine Corps officer. That's why I no, no. I was scared. I was a bad was Marine scared. Corps lance corporal because I was <laughs> going to Vegas, baby. <laughs> I, I heard the safety briefs and the story. So I you I don't drink, don't was, drive. You can drive, don't drink. And if you're right. gonna, if you're going to go down, you better go down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> Dude, I remember our libo briefs with the uh, the master chiefs. And it was just like. If you're, what, our first sergeant when I was in South America said, if you're going to be a bear, you better be a grizzly. Because when you get back on ship, you better make sure it's been worth it. <laughs> so I tell my girls, if you're going to be a bear, you better be a grizzly because it's going to hurt when I when you pay back. Yep. <clears throat> Anyways, I, I, I am totally deviating off the course okay. here. That's okay. I feel like this was a massive Let's deviation. go back to Mojave. <laughs> Mojave Viper. Yeah, so I was like the S3 and S4. All the units came in, um, and uh, it was just—I mean, it was—it it was what it was. Um, I got back to Pendleton in like March of 2005, and um, I was going ready to go in the office. I was getting out in like June or something, and uh, my admin, the uh, adjutant, calls me and he's like, "You need to go get your dress blues ready." I'm like, "What? Okay." He goes, "You've got to go make a Keiko call." Like what? What happened? Uh-oh. And so that can I say asshat? Yeah. Yes. Asshat of the. Uh, <laughs> I like how you whispered it <laughs> into microphones yeah. <laughs> that are extremely <laughs> sensitive. We support you. We support, yeah, we, we support. support yeah, we support. <laughs> <laughs> that asshat of a captain who I had that terrible feeling about. He decided to make a absolutely catastrophic decision in Iraq, mm. and he got um, eight Marines and one sailor killed. Jeez. And basically what happened was there was an MTVR. They were crossing a wadi outside of Al-Assad. And it had just been like a flash flood. And it was like fast-moving water, which is, which is what happens mm-hmm. there, right? And so he asked like the staff NCOs, well, what should we do? He's like, usurp the convoy commander, which you're never supposed to do, period, end of story. Like even my battalion commander said that. He's like, I'm battalion commander, but you're the convoy commander, and you're, you're in charge. I'm like, all right, sir. Um, and it t- wound up that he asked a bunch of staff NCOs, like, can we cross this with our MTVRs? And, and three out of four staff NCOs said, absolutely not, sir. This is it's way too dangerous with, with you know, Marines in the back. It's not going not gonna to be good. So then he took he did the very scientific method of taking rocks and throwing it into the wadi yeah. to understand like, right. how yeah. deep and how fast the water was going. <laughs> it ain't that deep. Wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> This is horrible. This is it's terrible. Well, then, 
And so then you made the decision, send the first MTVR through. Getting at, really getting agitated. And um, the MTVR overturned, hmm. and eight Marines and one sailor were killed. Jeez. And three of them, they didn't find their bodies 50 miles until 50 miles down, downstream. So um, one of them was a Marine who I, when I was standing in as a company commander, I just, I just loved him. He was great Lance Corporal, got everything done, just took charge. You know, you know, like the guys you should, like you can almost rely on. And one of it was him. And I was just, I was so angry and I was, I, I can't even put it into words. Um, it wound up happening, I was supposed to make the cake a call for him, for Lance Corporal Gallagher. And um, it turned out that his family wasn't in Pendleton. They were in Florida. So I didn't have to make the Keiko call, which is great. Not great, but, I mean, it's supposed to be an absolutely brutal thing. And I wouldn't have been able to hold it together. We had a memorial for the Marines um, on Mainside. And they still hadn't found three of their bodies. Hmm. And the mothers came in. They had brought the mothers in for this memorial. And, I I mean, that sound of a mother, like, wailing, hmm. I... I I, it, it like solidified my my decision. Like I need to get out. I can't. I can't do. Like unless I'm physically there and, and able to do something, I can't do this. I can't. I can't take this. I can't hear that. Um. So I, you know. Anyway, a few months later, I got out. Wrote a few, you know, convoy ops things, and and then got out, very uneventfully. Yeah. And you. So is it. But. I don't know. Set me back a little bit. <laughs> I, dude, I, I, re, I remember yeah. hearing about this. Yeah, that's that's crazy. What year was that? That was 05, mm. 2005. and he and the and the and the captain got a he got a he got a uh, general general court martial. He spent time in the brig, I think. And I yeah, mean, I mean, you throw rocks into a wadi, and then and you, the he killed is, seven I mean, marines yeah. and a sailor. Yeah. Or, <clears throat> Anyways, yeah. we, let's carry I mean, on with like this. I mean, like a non-combat in a non-combat thing of all things, right. like you know what I mean? It's like, just bad decision making. It's just. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, I, anyway, so solidified my uh, decision to get out, but I was so conflicted with it because mm-hmm. I, I, I knew most of those Marines in that company. Uh, one of my good friends took over as XO, and so she went in my place, and so I felt that guilt of like, oh, God dang it, she's got to go. She had to deal with all of that, and I should have d- dealt with it. But I mean, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's that's life. So. Yeah. So then I got out. Um, I was in a relationship that time, um, and I was wanting to go back to Chicago, where I'm originally from. And my uh, my ex at the time, he he was supposed to get out too. He just got back from deployment. He's like, I can't get out. So he got orders for INI duty in Vegas, which I'd only been to once in 29 Palms. Um, and I don't gamble. I definitely drink, uh, but I definitely don't gamble. So we went and, and we moved there and stayed there for about two and a half years. Um, I got a job somehow in sales, selling uh, medical surgical supplies to hospitals, and um, I was uh, severely broken. Like my back, I had a herniated disc and a bulging disc right above it from uh, McMap. We were talking about McMap. Oh, we really? We haven't even yeah. got we to We can that talk yet. about yeah. McMap. Yeah. yeah. What happened? What happened in okay. McMap? So um, McMap. McMap. <laughs> Marine Corps Martial Arts Program. Did anybody else ever think it was funny how you had to wear the? The mouth, mouth guard. guards, yeah. and then you'd throw a punch, and you'd say Marine Corps, and it always sounded it always sounded like cream <laughs> corn. Yeah, it's like cream corn, cream <laughs> corn, cream corn. I always thought that was kind of funny. That's great. <laughs> um, so my McMap story. Uh, so I what I had just gotten to TBS, and I was doing my laundry, and all of a sudden I see this guy who I went to the. Um, World Championships with, who was on the U.S. team as well. You kind of just really glossed over how you were at a Muay Thai. An elite-level Muay Thai fighter yeah. and then joined the Marine Corps. Yeah. That was, no, I did the whole 9-11 thing. That was a... Hey, that was you a didn't really tell us how you got to a World Championship level. It was mostly attrition, just the fact that there weren't a lot of women I'm doing it at the time. I'm not that at all. Um, I did, I I think you I could tried. roundhouse Matt in the face right now. Oh, definitely not now. No. <laughs> My SI joint is jacked right now. You're so safe. Like, everybody's <laughs> so safe. Yeah. Um, no, I I mean, I got, I was I was working in my really crappy public uh, public relations job, and I was a competitive swimmer in college, and I just missed, you know, you talk about the tribe. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the end, but I missed my swim team. So I was going to Crunch Fitness across the street. I was doing Taibo which is embarrassing and awful. Billy Blanks. And just like, you know, yeah. doing the... Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
jab, jab, jab and hook. kick. And He's the Richard and Simmons feedback. of martial and arts. Yeah. 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 And, um, and the classes would be just packed. I mean, there would be like, you know, hundreds of women that would sign up for this class and be almost kicking each other. And one day it was too full. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I went upstairs and they had a boxing ring in Crunch in New York City. And there were guys hitting tie pads and doing Muay Thai. And I'm like, what are you, what are you guys doing up here? They're like, oh, we're doing Muay Thai. Do you want to join? I'm like, yeah. So I never punched anyone before. I'd never, you know, I'd been in, I, I'd got the crap beat out of me definitely growing up. But I, this instructor showed me how to punch. And then he showed me how to like turn my hip and get a little bit more force in my punch. And I fell in love. And I was like, where has this been my whole life? You should have seen the way that the, her arm muscles flared when she did that. <laughs> I can yeah, tell. She, yeah. She can throw a punch. You wouldn't want her to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> not I at could all. still punch that. The, the kick is not going to happen to yeah. me, but the punch could. Yeah, punch could. Um, <laughs> so I, anyway, I, start, I, I was like, after the first class, I'm like, I want to fight. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, whatever, little girl, you know. And I kept coming back and getting my ass kicked and... Um, like six months later, they, I started sparring and uh, and just being so humbled by this like little guy who's skinny. For some reason, just put me on my back. I thought I was the shiznit. Is that can I say? Yeah, that? you can shiznit. say that. That's, yeah. yeah, that's okay. I think that's in the dictionary now. Honestly, it is. It's in the urban thanks, Snoop Dogg. Dictionary. Yeah, thanks. I don't think the FCC will have anything to say about it. No, FBI. yeah. Um, I thought I was doing really great. You know, crushing it on pads. And the first time I went sparring. This I, I went a little bit too hard because that's what that's the most dangerous person yep. to spar with. Yep. And this guy, one of the coaches, he was very calm English guy, and he just went boop, and all of a sudden I'm like landing on my back, and I'm no, like, no. how did this happen? No, no, night, night. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just kept coming back and getting my ass kicked, and then finally the table started turning, and I started getting some more skill, and I was like, I want to fight. I'm like, okay, you got to lose like 25 pounds. And I was like, no, no. Uh, but I did, and um, I had um, my first fight in April of 2000, I think, April 2000. And um, and then went on to do, to have a few more fights, and uh, then they're like, hey, the uh, World Kickboxing Association, the WKAs, are coming up, and do you want to enter it? And I'm like, sure, okay, you know. Not. And so I went in, and um, I only had one fight, but I won. Um, there, and... It was a. It was one of those good fights too, where it was just like, the girl was this much shorter than me, mm-hmm. and it just felt um, felt actually wrong. Yeah. You know, she, but anyway, and so then I went. I got on the U.S. team and went to uh, Vienna, Austria, for the WKA Worlds. Ooh. And um and fought great there. chocolate. Really good chocolate. <laughs> nice opera. Yes. Yeah. Vienna's not known for anything and waltzes, else other than waltzes. So, yeah. so from yeah, that, so from that level of martial arts to a bunch of grunts with yeah. with boots on, most of them who've probably never thrown a punch in their life. Like how was that? Oh how was that transition? Well, that's this is this is getting to the McMap story. So <laughs> when I was doing my laundry, I was like, I looked at this guy and I'm like, Ricardo? He's like Alex. Turns out he was the, one of the master guns who was putting de- together the McMahon program. They were just putting it together. And he's what? like, oh, and he also, I don't think he meddled in, um, in Austria, but he just killed it. And for some reason, he helped piece together the Muay Thai portion of uh, McMahon. So um, that was my McMahon story. But then I herniated my disc, fireman carrying a guy who was much bigger than me the wrong way. Recently? No, this, no, oh, this okay. was... All right. This was 2000. So you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to firemen oh, carry no, people if you don't want to. No, I don't. <laughs> Unless I really, really like them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got to be worth it for yeah. me to push my back out. I love it. Evan, what is the very best Wu-Tang album of all time? 36 Go. Chambers. Defend Yourself. It's not up for debate. Look it at is the, up look for at debate. The, look at the Defend track yourself. list. Defend Yourself. Come look on. at the Defend track yourself. list. It's amazing. Look at the skits. Okay. They're even better. I'm, I'm looking Can you at tell right me the now. mystery of chess boxing? I'm Can you? God. Look what you're doing to him, Rob. He's all I am. Bring the ruckus? Uh, yeah. Is there a better Wu-Tang song uh, than Bring the Ruckus? Um, Method Man? I'm Method Man. Uh, California Grab- Love. Grab- Love. That's, that's Tupac. Thank you. It's <laughs> Tupac. <laughs> it's Tupac. There's, look. I want you to know I'm paying attention to the you. B even side, though- the B-side 
of 36 Chambers is better than whatever album you think is better. Even though Liquid you're Swords? wrong. Huh? Do you think well, Liquid Swords is better? Yeah, but I mean, that's, I think that's, Crossing that's Swords Jizz by is better. himself. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Jizz of the Genius. I will, I will submit that the best Wu-Tang album is 36 Chambers. However, the best solo project from the Wu-Tang universe is Liquid Swords. Okay, I know that's but the name of her so gym. You, you lose. Can, can we start no, talking I about concur. something? No, I concur. It's not about winning or losing. I didn't listen to Wu Tang. I'm, I'm being deferential <laughs> to you, my good friend <laughs> Evan. That's what I, that's what I'm doing. I support. I, I do have a question for you, Alex, because you now teach Muay Thai mm-hmm. um, as a side hustle. You yep. have a real job, but you have a dojo too, as well. Um, is 36 Chambers? Is it named after Wu Tang? Yes, my husband and I. Um, we met doing Muay Thai, and the way I knew that he was going to be the one for me is mm. he's like. I love Wu-Tang. I'm like, I love Wu-Tang. You love Muay Thai and Wu-Tang? Like, match made in heaven. That's, that's, that's got to be a very small Dubs. percentage of people in the whole world. Exactly, just right? You too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, no, it was just the us. That's the one. That's, that was like how I knew. There you, you go. Know, that was, that was the, the sign. So, Soulmate. Yeah, it, we, um, it, it was absolutely named after that. We, we actually had a gym open in Illinois where we, were, where we met. Um, when I moved out to North Carolina, sold the gym, and then came out here and had to take quite a bit of time getting started at finding the right place, finding the right, you know, location and stuff. And then, but we always knew because we loved Wu-Tang, we wanted to call it something around Wu-Tang without any sort of like copyright infringement and legal problems. Um, and um, so, yeah, we, we, it turned out also, he's like, you know, 36 Chambers is a movie. I'm like, oh yeah, we should probably watch that movie. And it's a cool story. It's a martial it's, arts movie. It's a martial right? arts mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And it's about these, this, like this, you know, small town getting overrun by a bunch of thugs and basically this guy goes up and trains in kung fu and then comes up with 36 chambers of of ways that people have to get through to become warriors so basically it's a rite of passage to become warriors so i was like well metaphorically yeah great right because we've got we're in holly springs which is got a lot of you know a lot of Extra padded income there, so we want to Let's just make say sure. that Target is the lowest quality store in Holly Springs. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love some it's Target? A nice, it's a nice Target, too. This is not, it is. This is not Holly Springs is only 40 minutes from my house. We go there really? just yeah. to go to Target. So. Well, now you can... Our gym is right by Target. I might have to drag Alex there. I'm just saying. Yeah. She's a boxer, but he she, has, might, she might do it. His, his wife is Alex, too. Oh, great. Yeah, Monica. no, you guys are more Monica. than welcome. Ali, Ali Alejandra. We call, we call her everything, yeah. I'll... Yeah, I, I can I can box not well, but um, I can <laughs> <laughs> I like to kick people too, but yeah, um, but th- that's how we got started with uh, thirty six chambers. And and obviously you're deeply passionate about Muay Thai martial arts, but more specifically, you started it to help coach women to be able to defend themselves. I I came about coaching because I had um, found out I had uh, TBI from years of uh, being punched in the head. How about that? And, um, and various Marine Corps activities. So I couldn't spar anymore. I couldn't fight. I was done. And um, it's, a, it's kind of a natural progression to go into coaching, but it's hard because you almost have to, like, grieve and mourn the part of you that had that identity as a, as a fighter, mm. which That's I really think a lot of military folks have, too, because when you get out, like, this was your identity for so long, and now all of a sudden yeah. you're just – you're just robbed. Yeah, you're just you gotta out. learn how to be done with that. Yeah. Before you can really move on. Yeah. Wow. I never Whoa. thought about it that way. That was yeah. really well said. It's a and it and I've seen and you see these guys, like professional athletes all the time. They cannot hang it up. Right. They, I, I always got one more. How many times did Michael Jordan retire? Like four, like yeah. four or yeah. five, and then he went to play different sports. Jerry Rice was another one. He just kept going from yeah. team to team. I'm like, dude, you're the you're the goat. Nobody's yes. questioning it. Dion. Just, just yeah. be done. Call it. Yeah. Be done. Be done. And it's hard. It is. Yeah. And every time you know, and I'm freaking 44 now and every time an 18 year old comes in and they're like you're not going to teach me you know squat old woman about punching why and are I'm you like, then? all right come on you know and then i try to i've got to keep everything in check so i don't push my back out and <laughs> try to get this 18 year old in the head but um yeah but that was um i i that's how i got into coaching and i found that when um women just by their nature are easier to coach than men mm-hmm. they have less of an ego when it comes to brute force and so we teach them technique first and just watching a change in like a 12-year-old girl when you teach her that she actually has physical power is life-changing. Matt, you need to get Ryan out of off of TikTok. She is not on TikTok. And into Alex's gym. She is not on TikTok. You oh, know this. I do know this. She just needs to get off her phone. Snapchat. She's a yeah. big Snapchatter. Oh. Yeah. She is. Yeah. She can Snapchat herself like kicking people exactly. in the head. Exactly. Yeah. That's Which is power. far more entertaining. Not these little 
weird She'll herky jerky dances. She would go viral. Tumbling's her thing, though. She likes well, flipping. and yeah. yeah. We're running up against the tight clock, so I wish we could talk more about this. But if somebody wants to get in touch with you and they want your services through 36 Chambers, where should they go? Um, you can find us on Instagram, 36ChambersNC. Ooh, I'm going to add that right now. Um, and we're also, uh, our website is 36ChambersNC.com. In Holly Springs, In Holly right? Springs, North okay. Carolina, yes. Love it. Well, thank you so very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. We'll have you back sometime. I'm absolutely certain of it. Great. Matt's going to get Ryan signed up. Today. We could have a whole session. Can you start one in Wilmington? Because I've, I've, I've emailed like three different places in town, and I'm like, hey, what's your schedule? Because i got a mm-hmm. six-year-old and a three-year-old I mm-hmm. want to get started. They won't email me back. So It's awful. They're, they're probably too busy. That's terrible business. They're not that busy. Yeah. Yeah. Start one in Wilmington. We're not that good. Okay. Yeah. And that way we can play that. Wu-Tang. Do you play Wu-Tang? The whole time? Yes. Okay. Uh, so during our kids' classes, we don't. Yeah. Um, Naturally, yeah. Sensible. But lots sparring? Of, lots of F words in there. Yeah. Oh. And the one where they just talk, mm-hmm. and he talks about what he's going to do. Oh, yeah. That always comes on when there's like a pause in conversation. Of course. And you're just like trying to run to yeah. the you, you need to hear about someone's uh, getting hit with a spike so bat. I am going to, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear that. I'm like, Rusty no, no. Screwdriver Rusty screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. Oh, I love but it. during sparring, yes. So 36chambersnc.com mm-hmm. and 36chambersnc on, on Instagram. Yep. Yep. All right. Excellent. Well, um, we'll definitely have you back on at some point. Thank you so very much for coming and sharing your story. Matthew, any parting thoughts that you wish to end this show with today? Um, no. I, like, she's like one of a kind. She stands out as a very, Alex. Thank you. Very unique guest that we've had. You know what's cool about her, too? She didn't get the EGA until, what, like five years after you got out or something oh, like, like that, you said? Oh, like 12 years after I got out. Yeah, Matt, I, I wasn't in the Marine Corps when I got this wow, one. Wow, look yeah. at that. Look That's at that a, thigh. Look at that. Mm. That's a good-looking EGA. That is Thank meaty you. right there. Yeah. Got it done on my brother's counter in Oakland, California. <laughs> <laughs> Naked. Naked. <laughs> Uh, that's, a, that's a story for another time. Evanescence, anything? No, Alex, no? thank you. This was this My was pleasure. super cool, and and um, yeah, thank you for sharing your your background and and uh, you know the awful the awful things that that made you who you are today. <laughs> that, you know, not all not all great, and thank you for sharing those because oh. some people like to tell like really positive stuff, but it's good to hear the the darker things, the too, dark right? side. That well, it all you, shapes you, right? You right? It does. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely does. Yeah. All right, Killer, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Signal Fire Radio. Until next week, go out and feed your mind, strengthen your body at Alex's gym. Feed your spirit. No, nurture your spirit. Enrich your spirit. Is that what I say, Matt? Just keep going. Enrich your spirit (laughs) and grow your chive and go be a Signal Fire in your community. We will talk to you next week. Catch new episodes weekly and be sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe now and become a signal fire in your community.